Why wouldn't you want to wade into this cool pond on a piping hot summer day? You dip into the refreshing water and enjoy the breeze. Everything's perfect. Until a dark shadow drifts by under the surface. You think it must be a leaf based on its size, so you don't pay it any mind. Until it bites you right on your big toe. After running out of the water, you realize you've been the subject of a giant water bug strike. You've had the unfortunate chance to meet a toe biter, or sometimes called an alligator tick. You'll survive this monster's bite, but it will be unpleasant because giant water bugs are found worldwide in freshwater habitats. Their bites are more common than any of us would like. Be on the lookout next time. Here's what you need to know to spot them. The giant water bug grows to be more than 4 inches long. According to Guinness World Records, that makes it the largest aquatic insect on earth. A nip from one of them is said to be some of the most painful injuries a human can suffer from bugs. Although they can be found around the world, they're especially common in North America. They blend into the landscape. Their dark brown body mimics the leaves of the wetlands. No wonder you didn't spot it. They're predatory by nature, usually after small fish, tadpoles, and other insects. But they've also been known to take down bigger prey like snakes and even turtles. Good thing you're much bigger than a turtle. In some species, female toe biters lay their eggs on the male's back. He then carries them wherever he goes. As sweet as that sounds, the sight of a male toe biter carrying his eggs is unfortunately super unpleasant and will send shivers down your spine. And what's worse, even though they're called water bugs, they can fly. So don't just watch out below because they can come from the sky. As you catch your breath on the shore, something lands on your shoulder. Quick, swat it away. It's a bot fly. Bot flies are vicious tiny insects that lay their eggs in mosquitoes, injecting those eggs into humans. Your warm body temperature creates the perfect incubation environment. When they hatch, they start their lives with a grueling task of eating their way out. Lovely. You're most likely to find them in Central and South America, but it's not implausible for you to have an unlikely encounter with these small creatures in Florida as well. The name hammerhead worm calls to mind nothing good. It sounds like an impossible cross between a shark and an earthworm. Looking at one, that's not far off. Multiple sightings of this strange creature were reported across Georgia. They live up to their name with a distinct crescent moon-shaped head. Well, what appears to be their head, their mouth is halfway down their bodies. Their appearance is off-putting for a reason. These babies are poisonous. They produce tetrodotoxin, the same as pufferfish. Scientists aren't yet sure how it uses the toxin, but the best bet is that it's a tool to catch its prey, other worms. We also don't know how much of it would hurt a human, but experts say to stay away no matter what. Especially don't harm it because it has the spectacular ability to reform itself out of cut sections of its body, like the myth of the hydra. Side note, someone with a great sense of humor nicknamed these grubs lanchovies, which sound much less scary than hammerhead worm. The giant silkworm caterpillar looks as intimidating as it should. Its potent venom is no joke. The larvae are sheathed in tiny spear-like bristles, 
which release a highly poisonous anticoagulant toxin. So getting pricked by one of these isn't ideal, but they make it even worse by gathering in bunches. So it's common to accidentally brush up against multiple caterpillars at the same time. Most people who are stung don't feel it. Well, that's good, right? Well, no. It means they have no idea what's going on when symptoms appear. Plus, there's no visible mark left where they've been stung. One of the strangest things about this caterpillar is that it's super tiny compared to the damage it can cause, usually around 2 inches. They're commonly found in the rainforests of South America, including in Uruguay, Argentina, and Brazil. But plot twist, this creepy crawly doesn't just come in one form. The caterpillar is only in the first stage of its life. Yeah, that's what it looked like as a baby. Once it reaches adulthood, it takes on an entirely different shape as the giant silkworm moth. But don't be fooled into thinking it's harmless now because it's lost its vicious spikes. It's still venomous, and now it can fly. You can take comfort in knowing that it only lives for a few weeks in this form, though, because once it metamorphoses, it no longer has a mouth to eat with. You see their little cone-shaped dirt houses on the ground, like many volcanoes scattered around your yard. Ants are usually harmless little bugs, paying you no attention, just going about their day working hard. But if you've just stepped near a group of Australian bulldog ants, I have one word for you. Run! These terrifying insects get the name from those, yep, yeah, hard to miss, those huge spiky jaws protruding from their mouth. That's what they use to latch on to whatever critter happens to be their unlucky lunch today. That meal can include beetles, caterpillars, flies, or even wasps, spiders, and frogs. These ants will go after anything that gets too close. They're ferocious and smart. They'll drive out their competitor, the flat huntsman spider, by filling its nest with twigs, leaves, and anything on hand. This drives the arachnid out, leaving more lunch for the ants. But back to those malicious mandibles. That's not the only thing you gotta look out for. They use those jaws to hold on to something, a meal, an enemy, your skin, while they inject a highly venomous stinger. This is no bee sting either. They can do it multiple times, and it's harmless to them. It's the sting you have to look out for, not the bite. Though the bite's not a pleasant feeling either. And if one senses danger, it'll release a chemical in the air to alert the others. If you accidentally get too close to their colony, the whole dang brigade will come out and chase you away. And to top it all off, they have excellent vision, they're fast, and they can jump. They're also pretty big for ants, about as long as a matchstick. Stay far away from this one. Now, don't just watch your feet for dangers crawling below. Look out! There's an Africanized bee coming right at you. This thing is a lab experiment gone terribly wrong. It all started in the 1950s. The goal? Make a bee that produces more honey. The method? Cross an African species of honeybee with a bunch of European ones. The result? A ferocious Franken-bee, more aggressive and defensive than most types. Actually, at first, everything was fine. But one day, because of a laboratory mishap, more than 20 colonies of these monsters broke free. They spread throughout South America and up into the northern continent. They say these bees don't like it if someone gets closer than 15 feet, just half the length of a bus, to their home. And they all come out together to defend it. 
That's around 10,000 angry bees headed your way. They'll chase down an intruder over the length of four football fields. Hope you've had enough stamina to escape this bug. And then there are these nightmarish large bees. The Asian green hornet is the biggest, coming in at about the size of your thumb and 20 times more massive than your standard honeybee. These guys feed on honeybees, wasps, mantises, and even other hornets. They can reach speeds of 25 miles per hour in the pursuit of food or to drive an intrusive human away. Their stinger is long enough to puncture a beekeeping suit. And apparently, there are cases of these hornets spraying their venom into an intruder's eyes. Well, we'll take a break from flying frights and head to the beach. But a peaceful shell-collecting trip can end in a nightmare if you accidentally pick up a cone snail. When hunting or defending themselves, these snails shoot a needle-like harpoon through the pointy end of the shell. Just a tiny drop of its venom is enough for 10 adults. Oh, and there's currently no anti-venom for this one. Now, the sea dweller with the strongest venom in the world is the box jellyfish. The creature is pretty large, about the length of your forearm, not including those long, long tentacles. Yet, people may not notice it because it's see-through. The jellyfish grabs onto its prey with all those toxic tentacles. They have enough venom for 60 grown people. Not many can brag of surviving a rendezvous with this jelly. Oh, the sea is no safer than your backyard. And while you're cleaning out the shed, watch out for the brown recluse spider. They're not nightmarishly big, not often growing larger than the size of a quarter. But that's the problem. You'll easily see a tarantula coming at you, which are harmless, by the way. With a brown recluse, you won't see it till it's too late. The initial bite isn't very painful. Some people don't even know they've been bitten. But as soon as it sank its fangs in you, its venom starts to do its dirty but silent work. Within 3-8 to eight hours, you get redness and swelling at the site. Then comes the burning. And it intensifies from there. The effects are usually done after 5 days. But they can continue for up to 3 months. You know, it's a good thing, but some animals clearly let you know they're no joke. Sharks with rows and rows of razor-sharp teeth, a scorpion's venomous stinger, the ominous sound of a rattlesnake about to strike. Eh, you get the picture. Yet plenty of seemingly harmless creatures wreak more havoc than even the scariest animals out there. Like the spotted lanternfly, a pretty little bug from parts of Taiwan, Vietnam, and northern China that managed to bring its own terror around the world. Yikes! Let me explain. Only about as big as the tip of your thumb, this bug is easily identifiable. It has gray or brownish forewings with black spots. Under those, you have bright red hind wings that make this critter a real beauty. But don't be fooled. This insect can be an ecosystem's worst nightmare. And it's on the move, traveling to Korea, Japan, and even across the ocean to Middle America. Along the way, it's damaged countless plant species. In the U.S., it's been infesting maple and birch trees. So what's the big deal? The lanternfly pierces the tissue of leaves and stems. Then it slurps out the sap. This leaves a sugary coat on the leaves that allows mold to thrive. The plant or tree can't grow after that, and it eventually wilts. This can then impact food production, trees, and developing forests. Now, don't worry too much. 
this bug doesn't bite or sting people. But the plant loss they cause is enough to get the highest authorities involved in the case. Stepping off the land and diving into the ocean, we see a creature whose body is covered with venomous spines. Meet the crowd of thorns starfish. It spends its days crawling around and feeding on coral. That's usually great for the local ecosystem. They eat the super-fast-growing corals, giving the slower species a chance to catch up in the race. But when the starfish grows too large in numbers, the real problems start. They can quickly eat up vast parts of the coral reef system. This starfish is even partly to blame for the huge losses in Australia's Great Barrier Reef. A 2012 study showed that they were one of two leading causes of coral loss in the last 27 years, them and tropical cyclones. Even worse, their spines produce a neurotoxin that causes a sharp stinging pain that lasts for hours. If you happen to touch or step on one of these starfish, the spines can break off into your skin. Next comes possible infection and a series of other problems. So stay away from this one. Next up, we have the common carp. You might know the colorful version of this fish, the koi. Those were specially bred to look more vivid. Carps are freshwater bottom feeders. They eat plants, animals, algae, and other microorganisms living in the mud in rivers and lakes. The problem is, their feeding lowers the water quality. Carp uproot the plants they munch on and make the water cloudy. That doesn't allow enough light to get through, so some species struggle. They also produce large amounts of nitrogen. This makes the water uninhabitable for other fish. And that's why many people consider them pests. Unbelievably, the elephant is also on this list of nature's terrors. To find food and water, these giants roam across vast territories. Along the way, they break branches, pull up bushes, and push over entire trees. If they uproot a few here and there, it's usually easy for forests to recover from the damage. But the situation got bad enough at one point for scientists to be concerned. Trees throughout East Africa were severely damaged by passing elephants. Keep in mind, the gentle giants weren't entirely at fault. At the time, there were many fires pushing the elephants on the move. And it isn't all bad, either. After elephants munch on their fruits and veggies, they transport the seeds miles away. Ooh, how do they do that? Oh yeah, elephant doo-doo. Then new trees start to grow. And when there's no available water, they dig deep holes in the ground with their feet, trunks, and tusks. That also helps other thirsty animals in the area. Other ecosystem wreckers are kangaroos. Australia's been struggling with the animal's overpopulation recently. A decade of wet weather brought a lot of food and abundant marsupials. They went from 27 million in 2010 to 45 million in 6 years. Kangaroos started wiping out native plants, and many animals were left without food and habitat. By stripping the grasses anchoring down the ground, they cause erosion in areas that struggle to preserve the soil. Locusts form enormous swarms and spread across areas, destroying crops in their path. This leads to a shortage of food, and some species can't survive. The most notorious are the desert locusts that live in Africa, Asia, and the Middle East. In quiet times, they cover an area of 6 million square miles. That's almost twice the size of Canada. But during a spike in their numbers, they can cover one-fifth of the Earth's land. A regular swarm that blackens the skies can be 460 miles in size. 
it contains 60 million locusts every half a mile. Each locust eats its weight in plants every day. A swarm the size of Paris can eat the same amount of food in a day as half of France's population. So, you're at home, enjoying your evening tea under a warm blanket, when all of a sudden you see a huge, no, enormous mosquito. Its long and gangly legs have a span of your palm, and it clumsily bumps into all the obstacles it meets. Despite its awkward appearance, it's still terrifying. What if it carries malaria? What if it eats you alive in your sleep? Slowly, not to draw the monster's attention to yourself, you get out from your soft chair and run for it into the bathroom, lock yourself in there, and open the browser on your phone. After a few seconds, you draw a ragged breath of relief. Turns out, it's just a crane fly, not a mosquito at all. It might look like a ferocious beast, but it's actually peaceful and even defenseless. Many crane flies don't even have mouths, so they don't eat at all. And those that have a mouthpiece will only munch on sweet flower nectar. Crane flies are really clumsy in the air. Their rather short wings are no match for their huge bodies and long legs. So they're slow, and it's easy to catch them. Birds and frogs, as well as bats and cats, love them as a treat. The only way they can avoid being eaten is by losing a limb. Their legs easily break off even when nothing touches them. And if you're still unconvinced not to scram and set your house on fire when you see one, consider this. Crane flies can tell you if the water pool you're about to swim in is of good quality. If you see these bugs on or above the water, you're good to go. Even more, fishers often make their bait look like the crane fly larva. Ah, this makes it more appetizing for the fish. But while googling, you get engrossed with reading up on some other weird and crazy bugs. For example, here's the human face stink bug. Nah, they don't really stink, at least for humans. They give off pheromones that attract other stink bugs, letting them know there's food nearby. The most peculiar feature of it is in the name. A man-faced stink bug has a face on its back, with three black dots drawn in red. The vibrant color of its back warns predators that the bug isn't tasty or even poisonous, while the black eyes draw attention from them to the vulnerable head. Saddleback Caterpillar's name is also quite telling. It looks like some creature from another planet with a bright green saddle over its back. And the saddle is, sadly, the only safe part of the thing to touch. The spines you see all over the rest of its body are sharp and highly poisonous. If you want to give it a friendly tap on the back, make sure you don't touch anything else. Well, well, we have a titan beetle next. Meet the largest beetle in the whole world. It can grow as long as your entire palm, complete with fingers. Seeing one in the wild can be a shocking experience, especially if it flies right in your face. But don't fret. Thankfully, this giant is placid and won't bite you if you don't mean it harm. Still, if you make it angry, never let its mandibles touch you. The bug will hiss and bite, and what such snap can crack a pencil in half. What's interesting, an adult titan beetle doesn't feed at all. It doesn't need food to survive. As a larva, it gets enough energy to keep it well-nourished even when grown up. Ooh, I'd love that ability. An even more menacing-looking bug is a giant weeda. Living in New Zealand, these cricket-like creatures look like someone forgot to lock the portal to the infernal. 
a massive, beefy body with six thorny legs, long alien-looking antennae, and big mandibles that just might cut steel. Well, in fact, these giant insects are quite peaceful and won't bite unless provoked. And even if they do, it's not as bad as you might think. There are videos with Wheatas biting hands of people holding them and doing no harm at all. So don't let it scare you, even though such an insect might weigh more than a full-fledged sparrow. Atlas moths look like they have three heads, two of which are serpents. These pretty nocturnal flyers have strange shapes on the tips of their wings that look like snakeheads. This seems to be their mode of defense from predators. And that's also why they're sometimes called cobra moths. In Southeast Asia and India, where they normally dwell, atlas moths are often found on butterfly farms producing silk. And that's some sight. The wingspan of one such moth can reach 10 inches. That's larger than your hand. You turn on the faucet in the kitchen sink, when suddenly, you hear a loud creak from below. Alarmed, you quickly turn off the water, but the creak repeats, this time from somewhere to your left. You tiptoe to the door, careful not to make a sound, when the entire house starts shaking and groaning. Terrified, you run outside, and just as you turn around in your front yard, you see your lovely home fall apart. You walk to the pile of debris that used to be your house and inspect it to find out what could have happened. And then you see it, a giant swarm of insects flying over the crumbling remains. And you remember, you've seen them in and out of your home for years, but didn't pay attention. If you had, you would have known that they were flying carpenter ants, and your house had been in danger for a long time. Carpenter ants only fly for a short period of time, in late spring or early summer. When the weather conditions are good enough, it's their mating season. At this time, they fly in swarms around the house and are most visible. During the rest of the year, they behave almost like normal ants, hiding inside the holes and nooks of the house. And I say almost because they do one thing that's harmful to you. They basically eat your home from the inside. Carpenter ants, as the name implies, like wood a lot. Moist or rotting wood is their first choice. It's easier to chew through to make their tunnels. But if they encounter a good and sturdy piece of wood, they won't stop either. It'll just hold them for a bit longer. As the tunnel system grows, more ants appear from the eggs their queen lays her entire life. And after a few years, the colony consists of thousands, if not millions, of ants, while your house looks like a piece of cheese, with you none the wiser. When the flying ants appear, it's a sign that the colony has already grown to an enormous size, and your home is in grave danger. Most likely, there's a whole ant palace underneath your house, and within all its wooden parts, from walls to the roof. Just a few years more, and the structural damage will become too much, leading to disaster. So if you see swarms of flying insects inside your home, call pest control immediately. The bullet ant is the largest of all the ant species. Still, despite being the biggest, they grow to no larger than the size of a penny. The bullet ant is most likely to be found in countries such as Nicaragua and Paraguay, deep within the rainforests. It might be small, but it has a big bite. The bite of a bullet ant is up to 30 times more painful than the sting of a wasp or a bee. Locals sometimes refer to the small insect as the 24-hour ant because you'll experience an entire day of discomfort after their bite. 
Despite the unpleasant feeling, the bite of a bullet ant isn't too dangerous and should heal within a week. These ants have a peculiar habit that might make it easy to avoid their powerful bite. Bullet ants release a strong and disgusting stench to drive away predators. So, if you ever find yourself trekking through the rainforest and smell an intensely unpleasant odor, run. There are just shy of 300 different species of fire ants all across the world. All the species have the same powerful bite. They're tiny insects who travel in large colonies and have a distinct light brown color, almost red. Fire ants are most commonly found in the United States and are attracted to food. They tend to crash a lot of picnics that they're not invited to. Fire ant bites are incredibly itchy, but not very dangerous. Running the bites under some cold water should help to soothe the itchiness, and the bite should go away in a week or so. If you have a more severe reaction than itchiness, make sure to seek urgent advice from your doctor. Now, velvet ants aren't ants at all. They're a kind of wingless wasp that just looks a lot like ants. These bugs don't form large colonies and usually live alone, hiding in tall grass. This behavior has given them another nickname, cow ants, because when a cow is grazing nearby, it might step on a velvet ant and get a painful bite in return. Humans also get bitten sometimes, especially if they walk barefoot. You're walking along the riverbank. It's quiet, save for the water's peaceful burbling. The hot Georgia sun beats down on your neck. That's when you notice something strange on the ground. Looks like a quarter-sized black coin with a weird pattern on it. You bend over for a closer look. Is it a coin? This thing looks like an ancient seal with a symbol carved in it. It's probably from some long-lost civilization. You could sell it and make a fortune. You crouch down on one knee to pick up your newfound treasure. As soon as your finger touches it, you pull your hand back as fear wells in your gut. It's hairy. You go to pick it up again, digging your nails in the dirt around it to pull it out of the ground. That's when it moves. Your heart jumps in your throat. It's pounding so hard you can feel it in your head. The fear turns to horror when the coin wiggles its way out of the ground. It's no ancient treasure. It's a huge spider. A ravine trapdoor spider, to be precise. This hard, coin-looking growth on the back of its body serves as a shield. The eight-legged terrors burrow into the ground and plug it like a cork so hungry enemies can't get to them. Or, you know, giant confused humans like you. The spider is venomous, but its bite isn't toxic to humans. Who, lucky you. But I didn't say you wouldn't feel it. Best stay away from those sizable pincer-like fangs. Ow! Well, so much for your riches. Perhaps fortune awaits you in Mexico's Baja California Peninsula. You're walking on dried-up ground when you notice a long white stripe up ahead. You get closer. Oh, looks like a super long worm, you think to yourself. But it doesn't move like any worm you've ever seen. That's when you see it has arms and a head. This pale creature with black beady eyes is a Mexican mole lizard. It lives in the ground where all its dinner of insects and termites hang out. It rarely comes out, so you're pretty lucky to have seen this bizarre reptile. Now you're in a rainforest in northeastern Australia. Ahead, half hidden among the trees, you notice something large and round. 
this mysterious figure lying on the ground is covered in black hair. At first, you think it's a bear curled up sleeping. But that wouldn't make any sense. There are no bears down under. You're getting closer when a twig snaps under your foot. The thing hears you and springs to its legs. It turns to you, and you now see this is a bizarre and beautiful bird. That black hair is actually a thick coat of long, fine feathers. This formidable fowl has a bright blue head with a large horn on top. It stands on two powerful legs with a dagger-like claw on each foot that can be as long as your hand. Take away those feathers, and you might mistake this thing for a velociraptor. But it's actually a cassowary, the most dangerous bird in the world. It could jump straight over your head if it wanted to, definitely high enough to kick you in the chest. And its blows are strong enough to break bone, not to mention that claw that can cut through anything like butter. This bird was made to hunt and avoid being hunted. Don't even consider running away. Not unless you too can sprint over 30 miles per hour. Diving into that lake over there won't save you either. This bird is an excellent swimmer. Best just to back away slowly and hope it doesn't come after you. Another creature that proves it's best to keep your hands to yourself is the panda ant. The naming is obvious. It's black and white and furry like the beloved bamboo-chewing bear. This furry little bugger lives in the forests of Chile. But don't go to pet this fluffy little ant. What you're looking at is no ant at all. It's a species of wasp. That black and white coloring serves one purpose, to warn others of this insect's powerful sting. And if that doesn't make you back away, the wasp will let out a squeaking sound. You're walking down the beach toward the water, but something feels different today. The water is bright green, and your nose gets filled with a recognizable pungent stench of rotting eggs. Should you probably come closer to check this unusual phenomenon? Mm-mm. Stop right now until it's too late. What you see is called a harmful algal bloom, also called algae bloom, and approaching it is a very bad idea. This bloom contains algae that can produce dangerous toxic gases. That's what makes previously popular touristy places deserted and outright treacherous. You can come to a sea or lake beach and spot something that looks like blue-green foam floating on or just beneath the surface of the water. Or it may resemble streaks of bright green paint. Some blooms, called red tides, can color the water brown or red. Anyway, once you notice something like that, try to stay away, keep in check that curiosity of yours, and don't go exploring. When algae decompose, pockets of toxic hydrogen sulfide gas are trapped under the crust. If you unknowingly step on such a pocket, you'll set the gas free and can accidentally inhale it. It's enough to say that this is likely to end tragically. On some beaches, bulldozers pile up the algae into dump trucks and bring it to special centers. There, workers dry the seaweed and get rid of it. But sometimes, these centers have to be temporarily closed. Algae mixed with sand and mud smells so awful that local people can't sleep at night because of the stench. There are three types of dangerous algae that can gather into harmful algal blooms. Cyanobacteria, dinoflagellates, and diatoms. All of them are made up of minuscule floating life forms that use sunlight to create their own food. The blue-green algal blooms are caused by cyanobacteria. 
They produce dangerous toxins that destroy nerve tissue. It can get so bad that water treatment plants might be unable to get rid of the toxin. Then, local people are recommended not to use tap water. Dinoflagellates and one diatom species are responsible for creating red tides. They occur mostly in ocean bays. For a red algal bloom to form, the water has to be warm, salty, and rich in nutrients. Such blooms release a huge amount of different toxins. In Texas, red tides used to happen once in a decade. Now they occur every three years. In Florida, red algal blooms appear every year. Long, skinny diatoms can also produce toxic substances harmful to people. Even worse, if some shellfish, like razor clams, eat a lot of this plankton, they become toxic too. That's why cooking them for dinner can lead to a disaster. It's one of the reasons why marine waters are usually monitored. If toxin levels become too high, beaches get closed for shellfish harvesting. Harmful algal blooms can last for several days to a couple of months. They rid the water of oxygen, causing marine life to disappear. But it gets even worse when microbes start to decompose the algae at the end of the bloom. They consume even more oxygen in the process, and no fish can survive it. This creates huge areas of water almost totally devoid of oxygen and any kind of plant or animal life. Harmful algal blooms appear in the regions with too many nutrients in the water. And the most common of these nutrients comes from agriculture and other industries. Plus, winter monsoons have become warmer and now carry more moisture. This allows algae to gather in huge blooms. Some of them get so gigantic that the thick green swirls can be seen from space. Not all algal blooms are harmful, though. Some of them just add a terrible taste to the water, change its color, or produce revolting smells. Unfortunately, you won't be able to tell toxic algae from totally harmless kinds, judging only by their appearance. Algae aren't the only organisms that look deceitfully harmless. Here are other marine inhabitants you should never ever touch. The Arukanji jellyfish, found in Australia, looks tiny and totally innocent. But appearances are deceitful, and this baby, the size of a human thumbnail, is actually lethal. During stinger season, which lasts from November to May, tons of beaches get closed because of these itsy-bitsy creatures. What makes the jellyfish particularly dangerous is their miniature size. You will simply fail to notice one while swimming. Oops. In many cities and forests, there are color markings on trees that look weird to an unknowing spectator. In fact, most such markings are used for two reasons. To make the trees to be cut or left alone stand out from the rest, and to make an owned forest boundary line visible. There are no specific rules for the color or shape of markings, but the most universal ones for cutting are blue lines, and the markings for preserving trees are usually orange or yellow. Trees within city limits are usually marked for cutting with red, orange, or yellow lines or dots. If you see such a marking on a tree and you have a car parked nearby, best move it somewhere farther away so that the tree doesn't fall on it when it's cut down. Trees in a forest can be marked for preserving because they have good cavities for wildlife to make homes in, or there are nests on their branches. It's a frequent practice to leave the surrounding trees intact too so that the birds and animals in that particular tree are not disturbed. Large and healthy seed and nut-bearing trees are also marked for preserving because many animals and birds feed on their seeds and nuts. Unhealthy trees can be preserved too, surprisingly, if woodpeckers seem to like them. 
It means there are many bugs inside those trees that the birds use as food. Color markings on trees in a forest might also mean someone owns the forest up to a certain boundary and decided to show it. These markings can be made in any color and shape, but they always have two specific features you can't miss. One is that the markings go in a more or less straight line, which is logical because it's a boundary of a territory. And the second feature is that, according to the marking rules, the markings always have to be close to each other so that the next one is clearly visible from the one you're looking at in both directions. Some believe that yellow markings are left on female ginkgo trees growing around cities of the U.S., but there's no hard evidence of that. Still, you can find a detailed map of such trees in New York or Washington, D.C., for example. Female ginkgos do deserve a map of their own, since they bear fruit that smell really, really awful. If you ever had a piece of butter gone rancid in your kitchen, you probably know that odor. The trees were brought to the U.S. in the 18th through 19th centuries, when a drive for experimentation and all things exotic was going strong. And since ginkgos are very sturdy trees and can withstand harsh conditions, they grew popular in the country. Many cities planted them for green decoration purposes, but unfortunately, lots of them turned out to be females. To avoid the trees bringing their unpleasant smell into the cities, they've been sprayed with a special solution that prevents them from fruiting. The solution is safe for both people and animals, so there's no need to worry about being in the vicinity while maintenance workers spray the trees. Color markings can be seen in the streets, too, not only on trees. If you walk around the town and see a red line on the pavement, for example, it means there's a power line or cable beneath you. These lines are marked red to stand out the most, because if they're damaged while digging, it can lead to a lot of trouble, maybe even more than with gas pipes. Orange lines mean essentially the same, only those signify there's a telecommunication or signal line or cable. These things don't carry power, so disrupting them is not as bad as damaging power cables, but it would still cause a lot of inconvenience to people around the block. For example, Breaking a fiber-optic cable might shut down the internet in a large area until the damage is repaired. A yellow line means there's natural gas, oil, steam, petroleum, or some other conduit of flammable material underneath. Lines are usually drawn in such a way as to show the direction the pipe is laid down below, and the line itself is in its center. Yellow is as much a color of warning as red, which makes perfect sense. A broken gas pipe and a spark are a recipe for a huge disaster. Green lines signify there's a sewer or storm drain underground. Breaking a sewer facility can cost an excavation worker their entire career, and for a good reason. Imagine what kind of a mess it would result in. And apart from the sewer contents breaking free and creating chaos on the surface, damaging the pipeworks will almost certainly result in huge costs of repairs and lots of inconvenience for hundreds of people living close by. Velvet ants are venomous, but their venom is less potent than that of bees, so it's not really dangerous. Still, the pain from such a bite is serious, and if you want to squash this bug, good luck! They have an unusually tough carapace that protects them from other stinging insects and even birds. Termites are the scare of all things wooden, and of ants too. When ants encroach on their territory, Termites go out of their notorious mounds and give back more than they receive. The insects are basically blind, 
but their heads are equipped with natural spitfire. They spit acid at their foes, driving them away quicker than they got there. Don't even think of getting your fingers in the way of that acidic stream. It's a really unpleasant feeling. Speaking of spitting, bombardier beetles are the best at that. The look of this bug is menacing enough itself, but when it feels threatened, it will give out a loud pop and spray the enemy with boiling hot liquid. There's a chamber inside the bug's belly that keeps two substances for that. When they mix before spraying, they react with each other and quickly get really hot. Even birds are in big trouble if they get into the beetle's way, and other insects simply have no chance against it. Tarantula hawks are long, thin insects with beautiful rust-colored wings and yellow antennae. They tend to be found in rainforests across Asia, America, and Africa. They like to live alone and make their homes by burrowing into the ground. If you ever come across a tarantula hawk, be sure to move away very slowly. These insects only attack if they sense a threat. Tarantula hawks are thought to have one of the most painful stings in the world. The pain of the tarantula hawk sting is incredibly intense and lasts for three to four minutes. After these minutes have passed, the sting won't require any urgent care and should heal on its own. That's it for today. So hey, if you pacified your curiosity, then give the video a like and share it with your friends. Or if you want more, just click on these videos and stay on the bright side.